0: Hi, Will. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Hugo? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. W- where are you now? So right now, I
1: am on the side of the road in Antakya, southern Turkey. Uh, this is one of the worst, um, worst affected cities uh, by Monday's earthquake.
2: a.m., Monday, February 6th. A 7.8 magnitude earthquake strikes near the city of Gaziantep in southern Turkey. Tremors are felt in Syria, Lebanon, Cyprus and Iraq. Initial reports from Gaziantep say that 70 people have been killed.
0: What's the scene like, there?
1: So, as you can hear, there's been one constant throughout the day. And that is sirens, ambulance sirens, army truck sirens, Uh, police sirens. It's been just hectic. People rushing to and fro, emergency responders trying to find out where they're supposed to go, trying to coordinate, and distressed families waiting on the scene outside their buildings, which have just been completely flattened, hoping that even though it's been 36 hours, and even though you can't see anything but rubble, their loved ones are still alive.
2: 9 a.m., Monday, February 6th, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says that an emergency meeting has been held with governors of southern provinces. The death toll rises to 200.
3: Many buildings in different cities and villages in northwest Syria collapsed,
2: destroyed by this earthquake. Ismail al-Abdallah, spokesperson for the Syrian civil defense. Our teams responded to, the, to all
3: the sites and the buildings. And uh, still now, many families now are under the rubble. Our, 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 fab, our team's trying to save them, trying to save their people, to save the, all the people from under the rubble with all capabilities. But it's a it's, it's very difficult task for us. We need help. We need the international community to do something to help us, to support us. Northwest Syria now, it's a disaster area. We need help from everyone. to to, to save our people.
2: 11 a.m., Monday, February 6th. Reports from northern Syria describe widespread destruction. Syrian state media reports that more than 300 people have been killed in government-held areas of Hama and Latakia, while at least 150 have died in opposition-held Idlib province.
4: Since you've been here, how many people
3: have made it out alive? I think uh, alive. Uh, When we first arrived, there was someone... Who said he was already out and he, I think, took his uh, son or daughter and his wife was uh, under the collapsed building uh, at around 5.30 maybe. And then uh, I have witnessed one person uh, who was uh, taken out with uh, the stretcher and if they are taken out uh, within that black bag, you know, it means it's already happened. And I have seen, I think, two people with treasure, and the other one uh, all in the bags. Most of them not in one piece. Because uh, the responsible people here uh, show the people around, uh, the people who are looking for their relatives, they one by one uh, go into the ambulance and uh, try to... uh, uh, identify they, I identify the uh, people, uh, but some of them are not shown at all because there's not much left to show and uh, it's not uh, possible to identify. And we are also afraid that it may be one of our relatives as well.
0: Um, who's, who's been coordinating sort of search and rescue and coordinating efforts to help?
1: Uh, it's a mix of, of, of the good and the bad. The good is that you have volunteers coming in from everywhere, from different countries. You know, I, I flew in from Lebanon, and on my flight was the Lebanese Army, Lebanese Civil Defense, Lebanese Fire Brigade. Um, so there's there's no shortage of people who want to help. But the bad is that the coordination does not seem to be there. It doesn't seem like the Turkish government has been able to sort of sort out the logistics yet. And, and, and I guess that makes sense because, you know, let me remind you, this, this uh, earthquake happened around 3 a.m. on Monday morning and we're talking right now at, in, Turkish, uh, in Turkey time, I guess 6 p.m. Uh, Tuesday. So it's not been a lot of time. But uh, there's not been a lot of coordination. I've talked to different um, first responders today who have told me that You know, they came because they're doctors and they haven't helped at all and they've been standing around all day or they don't know where to go or they just don't simply have the resources. You know, uh, there was at one point today where we actually heard voices coming from underneath a collapsed building and first responders said there were six people uh, trapped under a collapsed floor and all the first responders had to dig them out was hammers, pickaxes, and little uh, angle grinders, so they're trying to saw through this, you know, tough concrete floor with with these tools, and, and it's just, you know, it took hours. And I, I didn't even see if they're able to rescue them yet. I think they're still going. Um, so it's 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 chaotic. It's very chaotic.
0: Has there been any good news at all? Uh, have you seen anybody get rescued or? or yeah.
1: Um. There has actually. Uh, about two hours ago um i was waiting like i said to see if those six civilians were going to be rescued when all of a sudden i heard a big commotion i followed and they had found a survivor um trapped underneath the rubble um he had been under for there for uh, been under there for 36 hours um and he was cold he was injured he had been pinned under um some some of the, the structural bearing in the building, um, but he was alive, um, and they carefully um, brought him out um, and brought him to a waiting ambulance where he was whisked away to a hospital. And, and I think that was the best news of the day. Because
2: President the Erdogan speaks to reporters Monday, February 6th.
0: Şu ana göre 912
5: According to the inspections, up until now, 912 of our citizens have lost their lives. 5,385 citizens were injured. The number of people rescued from under debris has reached 2,470. The number of buildings that are identified as being destroyed is 2,818. Since the search and rescue works are still underway, we don't know how far the death toll and the number of people wounded can rise
0: ölü ve yaralı rakamının nereye kadar yükseleceğini bilemiyoruz.
1: I don't know. It, you know, it's it's I, I've never seen a natural disaster like this and I'm I'm traveling with three other journalists. One of whom who was there during the Katmandu um earthquake in Nepal which which killed thousands. Um and he said the same thing. I've never seen destruction like this. Um And in Tokyo, there's just so many destroyed buildings and it just seems to just be it's just overwhelming. Um I've, we were driving through the streets today and we would just see corpses uh, on the street. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a city littered with corpses. Maybe saw five or six, but the strange thing was that they were just sitting there. And people are just entirely overwhelmed. Um, it doesn't seem like people know where to go. Um,
2: when when, when I... U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, February 7th. Um, we've seen the... Truly devastating pictures um, coming out of, uh, of Turkey and Syria today. We've seen the, the the collapsed buildings. We see children being pulled out of the the rubble. Thank God, uh, there's still people being pulled out of uh, uh, out of the rubble. Um, and I think um, we're all profoundly touched by the images, the stories that um, that we're hearing. Uh, many of us have worked to swing into action to help our friends in in Turkey and also to help the, the Syrian people who are suffering from this. Um, the United States government has been um, in full motion. As I mentioned earlier today, we've deployed now more than 150 search and rescue personnel uh, to, uh, to Turkey. Uh, USAID, the Agency for International Development, uh, is in the lead of, uh, of our efforts. Uh, we have uh, U.S. helicopters.
0: Is there any sense that uh, aid is going to be coming? It seems like they've like they got people, but do they have materials?
1: It's hard to see from my perspective. Like I said, uh, a lot of the first responders weren't well-equipped. Again, we're, we're, we're talking about just over a day after the initial earthquake, um, and there's there's fears that the, there's going to be more aftershocks, so I know that on Monday in particular, uh, different aid organizations were, were pretty hesitant to send in people um, because they didn't want them to be stuck in the aftershocks. Um, now I think aid is going to be flowing in more. Um uh, but it seems like yes, supplies are an issue. Um, you know, in in um, in the city I'm in mean, now, there's no running water and, and very limited electricity, so all the water has to be brought in bottles. Um, and there's food.
2: 1 p.m. February 7th. Uh, Turkey's vice president Fuat Okte, says the death toll has reached 3,419. Authorities in Syria report 1,602 have died.
6: In northwest Syria you already had some of the most vulnerable people on the planet.
2: Christian Benedict, Crisis Response Manager for Amnesty International UK.
6: They were already enduring a humanitarian catastrophe after years of displacement, uh, bombing, uh, the deliberate denial of food and medicine uh, and shelter. Their needs are hugely multiplied now. It is a catastrophe. Uh, So they need everything from uh, heavy machinery uh, search and rescue equipment and the personnel to use that and of course the basics in terms of food water shelter sanitation uh, medical equipment they need this today as well this is this is that this I think every second counts
2: in northwestern Syria civil defense volunteer group the white helmets dig through collapsed buildings for survivors <laughs> Hussein Bazar, a top health official from the Hayat Tahrir al-Sham, linked civil administration in Idlib,
5: northwestern Syria. The situation in Idlib and the liberated north is catastrophic. We can't describe it with words. We are in the shadow of a tragic reality from which we suffer because of the many wounded and the destruction. As a health system, we are unable to provide health support to those who need it
6: and the 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 Syrian authorities do not want to send aid to opposition-controlled territory. They view everybody there, they view them as terrorists. They don't want to send aid. They've cut off the water networks, the electricity networks, they've cut off funding for the public sector. There are search and rescue teams, obviously from uh, the White Helmets and, and other uh, local NGOs, but they're severely under capacity and under resourced, and and they have been for many, many years. This is this is the reality that there was already a humanitarian crisis in northwest Syria even before the earthquakes.
2: 10 p.m. February seventh, the UN announces that six thousand buildings in Turkey have been damaged or demolished, and at least two hundred and fifty thousand people are estimated to be homeless.
0: I'm guessing now there's a vast amount of people who are outside, is, is cold becoming, and sort of temperature and weather becoming an issue on top of everything else?
1: Yeah, um, it is, I mean right now in, in Antakya, there's um, there's no running water, there's very limited electricity, people are sleeping outside and in their cars, so it's, it's, it's quite cold, um. I'm standing in front of, uh, an apartment complex called, uh, 600 Apartments, um, which has been absolutely destroyed, not one building standing, and the relatives of those, uh, people still under the rubble are gathered in a park nearby, and they've sort of tried to make makeshift shelters for themselves, um, out of whatever they could cobble together, so, uh, pieces of walls that have fallen out, uh, or, uh, um, that first responders have taken from the scene, and they're sleeping outside, and they're, they're, they're burning, um, you know, straight pieces of wood
0: to stay warm, so it's, it's, it's really a struggle for them.
2: A collection point for donations at the Kurdish Advice Centre, Hornsey, North London. So we're asking for nappies, we're asking for formula, we're asking for baby food, we're asking for socks, gloves, scarves, boots, coats, um, und- like woolen underlegs, it's very cold out there. People don't. Under- uh, Turkey has extreme weather conditions at the moment, it is extremely cold, they're hitting minus degrees, so really warm stuff. Um, we're asking for flashlights, tents, sleeping bags, anything like that. That's what we've co- kind of been collecting. We're doing everything we can at like the Kurdish Advice Centre, we're doing...
6: I mean, you can see yourself, we've, you know, collected loads of stuff. There's still a whole vanful that's being transported right now. We're doing as much as we can, but we want more information there. We want more stuff to be going to happen on that side. We need help from other airlines, like we need airline help as well. We need more help, more, you know, help getting this stuff to that country or to Turkey. And yeah. February
2: 8th, President Erdogan visits affected Kahraman Marash.
5: Unfortunately, so far the number of deaths is
0: 8,574.
5: The number of injured is 49,133. The number of destroyed buildings is 6,444. We have mobilised all our means. The state has been, is and will be carrying out rescue works together with the municipalities with all its means, especially with the coordination of AFAD. We had some problems in some places in the first stage. We had problems on the roads, but we are more comfortable today. We will be more comfortable tomorrow. I believe that we will be more and more comfortable. There are some minor problems regarding fuel and so on. We are overcoming them one by one. Did
0: that help? Were were people pleased to see him? You know
1: what uh, we asked a few people and they they didn't have much to say about it i think people are just really um focused on the here and now uh on securing the needs for their survival and for you know trying to see if if, if their loved ones are going to make it out okay people have been you know sitting here for three days straight um some of them in the same clothes that they they left their apartments with um you know, essentially they're pyjamas and, and they're tired, they're stressed. and They're not really thinking about, uh, you know, the political situation. They're just thinking about, am I going to see my family member alive again? And where should I
2: go next? February 8, Robert Holden, World Health Organization Incident Manager for Earthquake Response, holds a press conference in Geneva, Switzerland.
6: We have got a large unfolding, huge scale disaster unfolding on us with large geographical spread. We've got a lot of people who have survived now out in the open in in worsening and horrific conditions. We've got major disruption uh, to basic water supplies. We've got major disruption to fuel, and electricity supplies, communication supplies, the basics of life. We are in real danger of seeing a secondary disaster which may um, cause harm to more people than the initial disaster if we don't move with the same pace and intensity as we are doing on the search and rescue side.
2: morning of February 9th, 80 hours after the earthquake. The first aid deliveries are made to opposition-held northwestern Syria. Six trucks are seen entering from Turkey.
0: When you say there's aid coming in, is that state aid or is that sort of private donations and the like?
1: So a lot of it, there's, there's a big mixture of the two. Uh, a lot of it's state aid, so Uh, AFED, the, the, um, Turkish Civil Defense is is leading the first aid response in the army as well. Um, and then you have volunteer groups that are loosely affiliated with AFED that are coming through the rubble. Um, but then you have a lot of private initiatives of people making soup and distributing sandwiches, or I saw, um, you know, a family had come down and they had boxes of winter clothes for people to take, um... Or we saw people, we talked to people who had donated cranes to excavate rubble. Um, so it's, it's really a mix of both.
2: February 9th, Washington, D.C. Spokesman for the U.S. Department of State, Ned Price, briefs the press.
6: Earlier today, Secretary Blinken spoke with Foreign Minister Cavusoglu to express our continued support and to discuss how the United States can continue our ongoing efforts to provide assistance in both Turkey and Syria. So Secretary Blinken thought it was important to pick up the phone to his foreign minister counterpart now for the second time in nearly as many days uh, to have a conversation with the foreign minister about what uh, his government uh, was in need of, how the United States could continue uh, to be a partner in this effort, and how we could actually redouble uh, our support for efforts on both sides uh, of the border, the efforts that our Turkish allies are undertaking and the efforts uh, to save uh, and to help the people uh, of Syria uh, ultimately rebuild.
2: In New York, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres speaks with reporters.
3: We have released 25 million US dollars from the UN Central Emergency Response Fund to jumpstart the response. By early next week, we will launch a flash appeal for donor support for those affected by the earthquake in Syria this is the moment of unity. It's not the moment uh, to politicize or to divide, but it is obvious that uh, we need massive support. And so I would be, of course, very happy if the Security Council could reach a consensus to allow for uh, more uh, crossings uh, to be used, as we need also to increase our capacity to deliver on cross-line operations into Idlib from uh, um, Damascus.
2: February 9th, search and rescue teams fall silent in a desperate attempt to hear for signs of life in the rubble. 9 p.m., February 9th. The death toll across Turkey and Syria is reported to pass 20,000.
0: Hello? Hey Will, how are you?
1: Good, how are you doing,
0: Hugo? Good. Um, Where are you now?
1: Helen Adana I've just returned back from Antakya after spending the night there last night
0: what were you, what were you doing over the night
1: um, I was film. I was uh, talking to first responders who were digging through the rubble um, and interviewing families who were waiting uh, for their family members to hopefully come out of the rubble alive
0: was there any good news from the night
1: there was two pieces of good news. Um, you know, one after the other, uh, we, we got to Antakya at around 8 PM. Um, and we immediately saw, um, two people, uh, pulled from the rubble. The first was, uh, a 14 year old boy named Ali. Um, he had been pinned under the rubble for a long time. Um, and we, we talked to his family members. He actually, uh, was saved by his older brother, Hassan. Um, who paramedics think um, embraced him just as the building collapsed and shielded him from from any serious damage, and he's just got out of the hospital. And then uh, a 12 year old girl was pulled out from the wreckage, um, and she, you know, she's, she's doing well. She's in the hospital, but she's she's gonna make it. Um, so that was the good news in the night. But then in the morning you know, there was bad news as people. Um, Still hadn't gotten their relatives out, and then feared the worst.
0: Well, some good news.
2: February tenth, the death toll rises to twenty one thousand.
4: Hey Hugo, I'm back in Beirut. It's, it's hard to believe the earthquake only happened four days ago. It feels like weeks have passed. Since Monday, I've, I've spent time with survivors of the earthquake, first responders, and families who had just experienced profound loss. And you know, looking at this as a reporter, I'm always trying to find a narrative that ties events together. But covering this earthquake, it was hard to find that narrative. There are acts of heroism with fathers pulling their children out of the rubble, literally with their bare hands. And in the coming weeks, maybe we'll start analyzing if the government's response was adequate or if the international community could have done more. But for now, I'm simply trying to convey the scale of the tragedy, and it's immense. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in this one apartment complex in Anatakia and talked to dozens of families who had lost loved ones and were waiting to see if more would emerge from the rubble. And each story was heartbreaking. And when you're sitting there listening to it, all you can think is that this story this one right now needs to be on every front page in the world. But then you, you hear another one and realize there's tens of thousands of stories like that. People lost their children, their spouses, their daughters, their sons, their parents. and Now they just have to learn how to move on. And the issue is that there's no resolution. How do they move on from a story, a tragedy that no one's responsible for and, and they can't get justice for
0: This episode of The New Arab Voice was produced by me, Hugo Goodridge, with reporting from Will Christou, and additional help from Nadine Talat, Nick McAlpin, and Loue Faour. Our theme music was by Omar El-Phil. If you're looking for ways to help those affected by the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, you'll find some links in the show notes with places where you can donate. The New Arab Voice is taking a short break, but we'll be back with a brand new episode on February 24th until then you can find all our previous episodes on all major podcast platforms you can also check out our Instagram page and Twitter account both at the new Arab voice for additional content we also have a weekly newsletter which you can sign up for find the link in the show notes you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and you can also rate and review which helps us spread the word Don't forget to follow The New Arab on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news, analysis and opinion from the region.